It's Tuesday, November 10th, and this is the Fantasy Football Podcast, Week 10 Preview on the Drink 5 Network. Tasty brew we got here. Well, it is uh, the Drink Five Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Jason. I'm joined as always with Dave, and tonight we've got our rookie expert, Sean Foss. Sean, thank you for joining us. Glad to be here. All right. So you've so generously provided us with a few beers tonight. Would you go ahead and tell us what we're drinking? Yeah, it's uh, Ale Asylum Bedlam. It's a Belgian IPA. Okay. Uh, have you had it before? No, I like to try new things when I'm on the podcast. Excellent. We like to encourage that. I don't have one, so if, if someone could uh, help me you, out with you that. Have oh, you just I haven't, guess I can you help you You just haven't that. opened it. I appreciate it. So, uh, here you go, Dave. Put it right next to your uh, heater. Thank you. Disguised as a computer. <laughs> All right, so uh, tonight we're going to go over... A whole bunch of stuff. We're going to focus on some rookies and stuff tonight. Uh, but as always, if you have any questions, make sure that you ask us in our chat room uh, as you're listening to us on Mixler. Uh, of course, if you're listening to us later on, uh, make sure to check us out uh, live on Tuesday nights at 8.30 uh, so that you can ask us questions during the show. Um, you can also ask us questions on Twitter at Drink5. You can uh, go to Facebook. You can email us, uh, Dave at Drink5 or Jason at Drink5. I think Sean might have a Drink5 email address. I'm not sure about that. I don't, I've never accessed it, if I do. <laughs> well, you can also tweet Sean. Sean, what's your Twitter? Uh, it's at Sean underscore Foss. That's S-H-A-W-N underscore F is in Frank, O-S-S. All right. You got the, you, you're the Sean Foss, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. And, uh, oh, all right. All right. Uh, so, um, Dave, where did you want to start tonight? Do you want to talk about a few injuries, or do you want to talk about the player trends? Uh, well, I would like to go right into some injuries, and uh, it's not it's quite as terrible as Week 9. So what were you guys doing in Week 9 when, uh, you know, the NFL, fantasy football, Armageddon hit? Well, that was back in Week 8. I'm right? sorry, When, week when eight. everyone went down. Right. Where were you in Week 8, Jason? <laughs> Where were you? Uh, you know, I was watching the game and crying into my beer. But I was at work most of the time. So I guess I wasn't really drinking beer at work. But I cried it in my beer when I got home later because everyone seemed to go down in that first set of games. It was just everything at once. Um, so, you know, it was a little bit too much. But I'm glad that, uh, you know, I was able to pick up like D'Angelo Williams in a league. Uh, that's been a pretty big boon. Uh, Jeremy Langford has helped out a whole lot. He had a really good game. Uh, so there are always silver linings in the fantasy world anyways when guys go down. So you you live in Chicago, Sean. So where, where were you on uh, that Week 8 Sunday? Were you out uh, hanging out somewhere, watching the games? What were you doing? I was, I was at a bar uh, downtown, a place called The Monarch in Wicker Park. They're a Detroit bar, and the Lions played in London at 8 o'clock, in, 8.30 in the morning. Uh-huh. Uh, so we were there to watch the Lions game and <laughs> stayed through the early afternoon games. Uh, but it was brutal. Um, like, like you said, though, Jason, that's that's the one thing is, the, um, you know, when there are a lot of injuries like that, it obviously sucks if you own the guys that went down. But those are the best opportunities to find season-changing waiver wire guys. That's a good point, yeah. Yep, so let's uh, talk about some of the injuries that happened in Week 9. So first off, and I'm just going in my, in my order here, so we'll talk about quarterbacks first. Uh, ben Roethlisberger uh, had a foot injury on Eldon Smith's sack. 
which was a midfoot sprain. Uh, good news is that originally they thought it might have been a Liz Frank injury. It's one of those things that could sideline someone for the rest of the season. And it's not that. So they're pretty excited about him coming back after the bye, which is week 11 for the Steelers. And that's good for them, good for all of their fantasy guys. Um, in fact, Ben Roethlisberger thinks he might come back this week. But he refuses he, to be ruled out. But he always does that. I mean, it'd be better for him if he just rests, takes takes the week off, and then comes back in week 12. I mean, uh, I agree. Land, yeah. Landry Jones can beat the Browns, right? I don't know. <laughs> Johnny Menzel can beat the Browns, so well, <laughs> Landry very, Jones must very be able true. to do it. So, I mean, Jones has shown he can get the ball to Antonio Brown. He can get the ball to Martavis Bryant. Um, and D'Angelo Williams is just fine as long as people aren't stacking the box. And even in some cases when, when they are. But Landry Jones is not a good quarterback in the NFL. So, the, the longer they're without Roethlisberger... Uh, the the worse off our fantasy guys like uh, Brown and Bryant are. That's very true. Um, D'Angelo Williams may get a, just the slightest little bump, but it's all going to be pretty much neutralized by the presence of Landry Jones. Yeah, so we're, we're going to assume he comes back week 12 after the bye. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater, Bridgewater was knocked unconscious in week 9. Did you guys see that hit? Yeah, it was it was definitely a cheap shot. I mean, you could see Bridgewater gave himself up, and and uh, the defender definitely came in with his elbow after seeing him go down and made sure to get a lick in. And I love. I mean, I shouldn't say loved, but I I liked that Mike Zimmer called out uh, the Rams for or not the Rams, but uh, yeah, the Rams, but Greg Williams specifically for his history of this because he was yeah. kind of the central figure in the Bounty Gate scandal. That's that's a good point. Nice connection. Yeah, those slides are tough when they when they go down and is, is someone like in the motion already, but it looked like he wasn't and then he actually purposefully uh, hit him like that. So that's that's unfortunate. Uh, but he should be back. It looks like he's going through the concussion protocol just fine. And the Raiders are giving up 18.9 points per game to fantasy quarterbacks. So if Bridgewater is healthy, they should have a pretty good game versus Oakland. I, I would agree with that. Um, one other thing I want to mention about the whole you know Rams kind of taking a cheap shot there. I don't know if any of you guys watched, um, you know, the the pregame show on Sunday night on NBC. Rodney Harrison uh, referenced a play when he was playing where a guy on a Jeff Fisher coach Titans team took him out at the knees, and he was you know seriously injured on the play, and he saw Fisher laughing on the sideline afterwards. Oh man, didn't they? Uh, didn't Fisher kind of shut him down after that? Oh, I forget what I was reading about that. But I didn't didn't they start like a little Twitter war between the two of them? I, I didn't see that. I just heard Harrison's comments on, on okay. the air on Sunday night. That's too bad. I hate when stuff like that happens. I, I you know I'm just like everybody else. Sometimes you get a little bit of a snicker when you when you see somebody smile after a big hit because that's old school Coliseum gladiatorial game football. But still you're hurting other people and honestly it shouldn't it shouldn't be that way. Uh so that that's tough. But it looks like Bridgewater is gonna be okay. And as far as the Rams are concerned, man, they have a they have a good defense there, and I think they might just be excited about being a good defense. And that kind of it stretches a little too far sometimes. I would agree. I mean, if they had anyone better than Nick Foles at quarterback, they're a playoff contender, mm-hmm. and they don't. <laughs> no, no. Nick Foles has gone over 200 yards, I think, once this year. I mean, Todd yeah, Todd Gurley cool. can carry that offense pretty far, but if you don't have a quarterback to convert a third and medium, you know, when when he does get stopped, you know, by a stacked box, you're not going to win close games. And you saw it against the Vikings; they should have won that game. That's true. I saw Wes Welker got picked up by the Rams, and now he'll be in there, sort of uh, trying to be a, a slot receiver. But that's the worst quarterback I think he's ever played for. That's 
I don't think it's close. So yeah, I mean, it's I not think, even close. So does I think an he old played Welker, with didn't he play get... with Jay Fiedler in Miami? I think that's still better. <laughs> so does an old Wes Welker who hasn't even been picked up by anybody else at this point add anything to their offense? No. I I don't think he adds much. I mean, he I mean, especially we haven't seen Welker on the field in a while. We don't know what type of shape he's in. And again, one concussion and Welker's probably done for the season. He had Joey Harrington throwing him the ball. Oh, that was that was the QB in Miami. Mm-hmm. Still better. Joe still better than Nick four Coles. games of Dante Culpepper in two thousand six. I would argue still better than Nick Foles. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have Andrew Luck, who is kind of new and developing news, has a partial tear of an abdom- abdominal muscle and also a lacerated kidney. So the lacerated kidney is the is the big news here. Uh, when this, so something like that happens to an athlete, it's not something they can just get over. It's something they have to sit tough and, it out, pussy, and they have to to let it heal naturally. So. Uh, they're saying, uh, I think, two to six weeks, something like that. But more than likely, just because of the nature of the injury, he's going to be out for at least three to four weeks uh, just to heal back up to 100%. That means Matt Hasselbeck, 40-year-old quarterback, is going to take over for luck on the uh, passing offense for the Indianapolis Colts. And Hasselbeck did okay, you know, scored a touchdown or two in his previous games. But going forward as a starting quarterback in the NFL, Hasselbeck is not prepared for this job. Nor should he be. You know, he was really meant to just be more of a tutor and a veteran guy in, in the in the clubhouse. Veteran presence, for sure. So, what happens now? What happens to uh, Moncrief? What happens to T.Y. Hilton? Do we see uh, more of a uh, of a play on like the Frank Gore, Ahmad Bradshaw backfield, um, or does everyone just take a hit across the board? Well, they're definitely going to try and rely on Frank Gore and Ahmad Bradshaw as much as they can. He hasn't been. That great so far this year. He has a touchdown. That's about all he has to speak of so far. But he's kind of getting his feet under him still for Who's the season. That? Ahmad Bradshaw. Sure. Frank Gore is playing very well this year. They're going to lean on him as much as they can. Um, obviously, T.Y. Hilton takes a hit. Uh, Dante Moncrief may be borderline you know, irrelevant at this point in most fantasy leagues unless you're in a really deep league. Um, you know, Still keep him on your bench for when luck comes back, but... You know, you're not going to want to start him with Matt Hasselbeck throwing the ball because he's not going to, you know, lead this offense to tons of points. The other thing is uh, Hasselbeck threw the ball to Andre Johnson a lot in one of those games that he started. Actually made him a viable fantasy start for that game. So does that happen again? Do those old guys just go out to the club and smoke cigars and sit in leather chairs? Is that the sort of thing that happens? Uh, or is that just a fluke? Uh, what do you think about Moncrief and what do you think about Hasselbeck taking over for a couple weeks? Um, For me, I... Th- I mean, I think the offense is going to be a little bit more conservative with Matt Hasselbeck in charge. Obviously, you're going to run as much as you can. I think Gore definitely sees a boost in value, and he's already been a top 10 running back in terms of total fantasy points on the year. Um, But I don't think Moncrief automatically becomes not playable. Uh, In the two games that that Hasselbeck started, yeah, one of them he was a non-factor while Andre Johnson had a big game, but that was against the Texans, and I fully believe or buy into the the idea that players – they get schemed the ball against their former teams. You saw it with DeMarco Murray against the Cowboys. They you do. Seen, it's seen it across the yeah. league. It's a revenge game. Well, yeah. he has some good matchups. They're playing Atlanta, Tampa, and Pittsburgh the next three weeks. Yeah, and well, the other game that Andre Johnson didn't blow up, <laughs> Moncrief had six catches for 75 yards from Hasselbeck. Oh, he's a talented receiver, so I'm, I'm sure he'll get the ball. We're, we're just wondering if you know maybe it's a little bit less viable, but Luck hasn't really been 100% healthy the entire year. True. I mean, granted, Matt Hasselbeck was two and zero as a starter, and the team is four and five. And remember, when, <laughs> I'm just Has- saying. when Hasselbeck was starting that last game, he had some kind of crazy, uh, like um, he had some kind of crazy sickness that he had to go to the hospital for. He was weak. Like 
There was there was a lot. I don't of talk think he's about fully healed from that. There was a lot of talk about how terrible that was. That they they still won that game. Um, There's a curse upon well. the Colts right now. And I think I think to classify Hasselbeck as just somebody who's not ready to step in and start is kind of inaccurate too. I think he's. Re- I mean, he's he's 40, but he's played a ton. Well, he's a guy who's going to be able to step in and control. If the If you're offense not ready now, when is that going to happen? Right? I mean, he, he, when he's 45, he knows what he's doing. He'll step in there and play just fine. I just wouldn't expect him to go out and throw for 300 or 350 yards in mm. any of these games, which Luck is capable of in a you know, good matchup. Fair enough. Moving on to running backs. Deion Lewis was uh, kind of a blow to a lot of fantasy owners who just picked him up recently, uh, past couple <laughs> weeks. Uh, he just signed a big contract with the Patriots. A huge pickup off the waiver wire in general for many fantasy football teams. But he suffered an ACL tear in Week 9. So that'll sideline him until next year. Uh, that means that the people left there are LeGarrette Blunt, who I think becomes the obvious running back, but because of the way that the Patriots run things, there will still be games when Blunt only gets three or four carries. That's just the way it is. Uh, and when those games come about, you got guys like James White and Brandon Bolden that'll pick up the slack that Deion Lewis were pre- was previously holding. So the question becomes, is there a guy to pick up? Do you pick up James White? Do you pick up uh, Brandon Bolden? Or do you just say that's going to be sort of, you know, Deion Lewis's touches are going to be so spread out that there's nobody there anymore? Um, I think it'll probably get split between the two guys, White and uh, and Bolden. So neither of them are really fantasy relevant then? Not at the moment. You know, if you've got a deep league, uh, if you're having some trouble, you may want to hold on to one of them for a week. I wouldn't make them my first waiver priority this week for sure. Um, and I wouldn't start one of them right away. It's possible that one of them shakes out to be kind of like the Dion Lewis role, but I don't think it's very likely. Well, both have had chances in previous years in exactly. the regime, so they would have kind of already been there. But then you can look at guys like Devontae Freeman, who played uh, average football, below average football, and then suddenly decided that he was going to go out and do some shit. Uh, so you, you never, I mean, that could happen. Uh, Sean, what about you? Do you think James White or Brandon Bolden are worth picking up? Or at this point, is it just uh, Blunt and whoever else is on the team? I mean, uh, I'm with Jason that neither one should be your top priority in, in the waivers. But I would I would say White is probably the higher priority than Bolden. <laughs> just because when Lee Lewis has been hurt in the past, White was the guy who stepped in and played more. Um, I do think Bolden has some value because he's never going to be left off the game day active roster as long as he's healthy because he's a... a key special teamer for them too, mm-hmm. but neither of them are Deion Lewis. Lewis was doing things that no receiving back has done. I mean, he is everything that the Patriots wanted from Shane Vereen for the last three years. Oh, man. I uh, traded for him this year, and I was so excited. He was <laughs> playing so well. Lining up as a wide receiver, no problem. Can play running back, pick up the blitz. Yeah, yeah I mean, he did. Not to be. He looked and, good. And he was basically breaking the scale on Pro Football Focus's elusive rating. I mean, <laughs> he was heads and tails above the number one guy from last season, which was Marshawn Lynch, um, just in this year's rating. How and could Marshawn Lynch be elusive? He just runs over people. He dodges the guys at the line of scrimmage and then runs That's over true. guys at the second level. That's true. Well, is the elusive rating uh, yards after contact? I don't know how it's figured. I just know it's, it's probably pro football focus has a, has a stat that they put out called the elusive rating, and Deion Lewis was scoring higher than anyone ever has before. Gotcha. Uh, Latavius Murray suffered a concussion this past week, but he looks to be on track to play in Week 10. Uh, if he doesn't, then Taiwan Jones, Roy Halu, and Marcel Reese, some combination of those, will be in line to handle the touches. Um, Who was the other guy, that the fullback, that got in? Jim, uh, is it Jamiz Oluwali? Is that how it's yeah, pronounced? Yeah, yeah. He scored a touchdown, and everyone goes, who the hell is that? Yeah. 
I mean, that's number gonna, 49 ran it in for 25 yards. That's going to happen, especially because Oakland decided that, you know, uh, that this is the guy, that Murray is the guy that's going to take every touch. So you see uh, Roy Halu, who before in the preseason was slated to be a third down passing back role, uh, got nothing and he was inactive most games. And so was Taiwan Jones. And uh, Marcel Reese, the fullback, doesn't get a lot of work unless, uh, unless he needs to, unless someone is out, needs to be spelled, etc. Yeah. So let's hope that Murray does play, and if he does, he's still a play every time that Oakland goes out there. Um, but if he doesn't, then I would just wager that none of those guys are worth picking up because it's it's just too messy. I do think that it'll be mostly Taiwan Jones and Marcel Reese and not Roy Halu because they haven't seemed to like him much this year. Um, but that being said, you know it it sounds like he's trying to fast track it back. So if he plays, I'd go ahead and play him. Uh, you know, the Vikings just gave up a whole lot of yards to Todd Gurley. Well, not a lot, but enough to make it a good start. Yeah, Eddie Lacy was on the injury report uh, with a groin injury from Week 9. Now, Eddie Lacy was, was finishing, uh, you know, pretty much in, in a top 10 role. I think he was, what, like number 7, number 8 overall in 2013 and 2014. Uh, so he was pretty steady. Now, when we looked at things at the beginning of the steady year, Eddie. we kind of expected him to, to sit at that position, like lower end top 10. And it's really surprising that he didn't. And that probably has something to do with Jordy Nelson, uh, the Packers passing offense, not getting off to as good of a start as they wanted to. Um, but he's only on pace to reach about 50% of that production this season. So James Starks is the guy who has come in there and started to do well game upon game. Uh, he is not doing so well in carries. I mean, let's face it, he's not that big of a guy. He's not able to bust through a whole bunch of uh, the opposing team's linebackers, etc. It's not going to happen. But as far as the receiving game, you know, uh, scoring touchdowns, uh, being elusive in space, he's done pretty well there. So we consider at this point James Starks to be the the lead back um, to a degree with Eddie Lacy sort of backing him up and uh, playing in those bigger situations. But what what I'm concerned about is uh, James Starks is not a number one running back. So how long can he hold this up? And will Eddie Lacy ever come back to what we think he should be? Or really was were these first two years the best he's ever going to do and he's going to kind of fade out? Or is he just having a bad year? I, I know there were injury concerns and there still are. But when you have a guy like that that was top 10 for two years in a row and now can't even beat out James Starks, what does that mean? Um, I mean, for me, I think it's still just the nagging injuries, just the things that he's been dealing with. I don't think Lacey is done. Um, and I don't think Starks is going to hold the lead job the rest of the season. I mean, it, I think it's really telling that the first thing the offensive coordinator seemed to mention after last week's game is we definitely need to get Eddie Lacey going. I don't think they anticipate Starks being the guy for the rest of the season. I think they'd like Lacey to step back in and be that guy. I think the bigger problem is that the passing game is not functioning at the same level it did last year, and it just doesn't open up the same running lanes that he had a year ago when you have, you know, Jordy Nelson on one side and Cobb on the other. I mean, it was just a lot easier for him to run the ball when they were throwing for 300 yards with ease. This year they're struggling. Didn't see an eight man front all year. Yeah, and he's seeing it pretty regularly this year, I would I would say. I would think so, yeah. Especially they've been playing a lot of teams with strong secondaries, so they can, you know, all they have to do is shut down Randall Cobb, and then Aaron Rodgers has a shitty day. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with that. The teams that they've been playing have, been, have had strong secondaries, but I also would say Starks has looked better than Lacey to this point. 
But I do think a lot of it's yes. been nagging it's, injuries. It's injury, I think. Yeah. And I think if there's any opportunity for Lacey to get right, it's this week against the Lions. Do you think maybe he needs to sit out a week? I mean... I hope not this week. <laughs> do you have him in some leagues? Uh, I do. I do and have you, him in Have just you been one. playing him like in yeah. the past couple of weeks? Yeah, I've been playing him and he's been killing me. Yeah, that's tough. He has 50 points all year. Very, very limited other options. So <laughs> I've been playing him. James yeah. Starks has 66 points. I agree with you for the most part with this. Like, Starks may carry it for another game or two, but Eddie Lacy is either going to be, he's injured and he's out. Or he's going to be back, and he's going to play better once he's healthy. I've got to tell you guys, I, I was exactly on the same page with you earlier this season, and it just kept happening every single week. It kept happening, and now at this point, I can no longer say that. Well, he's at this probably point, still not healthy. It doesn't matter. If he's not healthy now, if, he's, if he gets injured every game, and he still has different injuries, it's not ever going to happen. Right, they need to shut him down. Right. Well, I, think, I think the example to take is, have you seen C.J. Anderson the last two weeks? I mean, granted, the carries haven't been there because he was so poor early in the year, but he looks like the C.J. Anderson He's of last season. He's turned the production back up. He's he looks like the healthy. same guy yep. he was late last season because he got mm-hmm. healthy. Agreed. Uh, let's talk about a couple more guys. So, uh, finishing up with running backs, moving to wide receivers. Alan Hearns was injured at the very end of the game in Week 9. He had a sprained left foot. That was too bad for him because that was the last play, actually, when uh, Blake Bortles threw an interception. So it's one of those things where you're like, oh, if they could have just not done that, there never would have been that play. He never would have gotten injured. There wouldn't have been those negative points, you know, et cetera. <laughs> anyway, uh, he is one of those guys that gets injured all the time, uh, and he comes back from it fast. He heals quickly, which is uh, definitely at odds with another Jacksonville guy, Marquise Lee, who gets injured and then we don't see him for six weeks at a time. Uh, side note, Marquise Lee is a super talented athlete, right, Sean? Um, I would say yes, but at this point, I'd say Hearns is a better football player than well, Marquise sure. Lee. Well, what I'm asking is, is, is uh, Marquise Lee, who the team nicknamed what, like the White Panther, because you never see him, because he's like a. <laughs> I did not know that nickname, but I love it. <laughs> he's, he's like a uh, what do you call those animals? Uh, um, not extinct, but they're they're almost extinct. Endangered. Yes, yeah, endangered. He's like an endangered NFL player. Like, sometimes he's there, and then he'll be gone for, like, seven weeks, and he'll come back. And he's like, Marquise Lee was in practice. There was a Marquise Lee sighting. <laughs> I mean... Oh, the albino tiger. That's what they call him. Something I like mean, that. is is that not... Is this year's Marquise Lee Brashad Perriman? I don't know. I think this year's Marquise Lee is still Marquise Lee. It could it could be, it could be Kevin White or Brashad Perriman. It is, but yeah. we're going to go with Marquise Lee as, still. As far as Hearns, he was in a walking boot on Monday. It's Tuesday. Uh, now, he still can come back from that, but we haven't really heard any additional news. So keep your eyes peeled to you know the injury information. It has to be posted by teams on Wednesday. And if he practices, then I expect that Alan Hearns will play because he's been doing that every week. If he doesn't, then Allen Robinson gets even better than he already is. Yeah, I would I would agree with that. And they have a plum matchup. The Ravens are not very good against receivers. Right. So I'd hope Hearns plays. He's been a savior for me in, in a league where I've been without Des Bryant for he's a He's had of a season. touchdown in every game in the last six games. Yeah, like I said, he's been saving me while Des Bryant's been out. It's ding, been ding, very ding, helpful. Ding. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I think I think his matchup would be even better than Robinson's if he plays because he'll get Ladarius Webb more than Jimmy Smith. Yeah, you, and Webb has been very burnable in a lot of situations. That that WR two gets a lot more work than the WR one does because WR one is being shadowed by the best guy. Well, yeah, last week I mean Darrell Revis was on Allen Robinson, who actually didn't slow him down all that much. Um, but Hearns had a great game on the other side, over 100 yards and a touchdown. Yep, he's been good. I saw a great stat. They're both uh, they're one and two in the league in terms of uh, yards per reception. 
and the first time that yeah the first the last time like 30.7 and 30.8 or something like that no 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 it's like 17 or something oh but it's uh it's separated by a 10 separated by a 10 right right it's very close and they're six and nine in the top 10 of points scored this year i always want to think that they're like trying to do that that they're like they're telling bortles they're like don't throw it (laughs) (laughs) 17.8 you just gave him a 20 yard pass dude what the hell it's it's amazing what a difference just even a passable run game will do for for your passing game i mean tj yeldon hasn't been anything special but you compare it to gerhardt and denard for a lot of last season oh yeah and he's been he's been a lot better and it bortles has been playing way better too absolutely he was terrible last year and that's probably because bortles is spending less time at those beach bars in jacksonville (laughs) i hear that he frequents those all the time i hear they they see uh like a, a drunk bortles on the coast all the time. I, I, I hear this. I mean, if you, if you lived on it's the coast, wouldn't, wouldn't you do the same thing? I would. I would be there. There would be a pineapple. There would be things in it. It would be alcoholic. That's that's what it would be like. All right. little umbrella. We're all something. on the same page here. <laughs> uh, okay. Last guy for me to cover, and then I'll ask if you guys have any more. Uh, Malcolm Floyd, and we just talked about this off the air right before the show. Uh, the news just came out that... Uh, See, what happened was, and we were watching this game, it was Chargers versus the Bears, right? And Malcolm Floyd sort of did this diving catch uh, to try to receive a pass from Rivers. And he had his arms outstretched and he was leaning, you know, towards the out-of-bounds area on the left sideline, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and stage left. It looked like, stage left, right. And it looked like he was okay, that he was just rolling for a long time. But what happened apparently is he rolled up on his shoulder, and he tore his uh, his labrum, which apparently is an injury that could last for the entire season and could be a career-ending considering he's 34 years old and he wanted to retire before the end of the season. I mean, at the end of the season. So, I mean, if, if Malcolm Floyd is out for the rest of the season, which he probably is, that means Stevie Johnson, Antonio Gates, and Danny Woodhead are the only real surviving members of San Diego that surviving. will be receiving passes. And Rivers is passing the ball incredibly well and throwing the ball like a like a maniac right now. He has to. He's being forced to. But what that means is these guys are going to be complete studs in PPR. Complete studs. Fantasy gold. Fantasy gold, not fantasy fool's gold. <laughs> so what, do you guys agree with me? I mean, do you think that, that that goes to somewhere else? Because with no Malcolm Floyd, no Keenan Allen... I mean, Stevie Johnson is the guy that I was pumping at the beginning of the year, even with those guys on the team. Now, without those guys on the team, Stevie Johnson should should probably get over 1,000 yards and 10 touchdowns this year, uh, just like he did on the Bills a couple years ago. That should be what he does this year. He becomes a wide receiver, too. Yeah, Stevie is going to take a huge step forward. Um, obviously, I mean, last night you saw he had, what, seven or eight catches? Uh, I think well, I think he had seven for 60-some yards last night. Um I mean, Danny Woodhead is already the number six running back in terms of total points by ESPN scoring for standard leagues. That's no PPR. He's number <laughs> six. In PPR, he's going to be much better than that. Um, I do. I will say one other name to keep an eye on on that team is Dontrell Inman. He didn't do much last night. In fact, he dropped a ball on the drive that ended up ending the game for them. But Dontrell Inman is definitely a guy to keep an eye on because last year when Keenan Allen was out, he had two solid 70-plus yard receiving games in those two games. And I'd expect him to be kind of like Marvin Jones with Cincinnati, where he's going to be very up and down. Some weeks he'll catch two balls for 20 yards. Some weeks he'll catch five for 80. 
So it's just going to be kind of the thing of guessing right on when to play him. But he's going to have some solid weeks down the stretch. You guys drink that a lot faster than I did. All right, and uh, while we got this music going, just a, a little bit of an update on previous injuries. Tony Romo, still expecting to return in Week 11 against the Dolphins. Matt Forte, uh, Chicago doesn't really want to tell us anything about Forte, but basically uh, he may return in Week 11 or 12. 11 is versus the Broncos. They definitely need him there. But if Langford has another good week, they might uh, extend his absence just to get him 100% healthy. Carlos Hyde had a stress fracture, and there's no new updates on him, but he could very well be out for the entire year uh, until next year. Uh, Kendall Wright is still sidelined with a sprained MCL and won't return this week until he practices. He probably won't practice this week or in a limited basis, so I wouldn't expect him to play in Week 10. That means Doriel Green-Beckham, we'll talk about later, has a good chance of being a really, really good fantasy player. Uh, John Brown said he would be healthy after the bye, and we expect him to be ready for the Seahawks in Week 10. And Brashad Perryman expected has Brown. not yet been able to practice after sustaining a knee injury in training camp. So with Steve Smith out for the season, the Ravens need him to come back and provide a boost to the passing offense. Right now, it's Kamar Aiken and Crockett Gilmore. And those are the, the outstanding receivers for the Baltimore Ravens. If Brashad Perryman was to come back right now, he would probably end up being the number one wide receiver on the football team. Now, I haven't heard any news about him. I've got to refer to our rookie expert, uh, Sean, and just ask him what, what he's heard, if anything. Um, in all honesty, it's the same thing you have. He just He's not practicing yet. He's going to have to get back in, onto the practice field for a week or two before there's any chance he'll come back to the actual active lineup. Um, and for now, I don't think Kamar Aiken would exactly fade from his role if Perriman were to come back. Uh, I do think, I mean, he's not exactly an exciting option, but Marlon Brown has done a nice job when he's been asked to step in. And and that offense just always seems to find a way to keep humming. Uh, I mean, obviously they're not good as a team uh, this season, but at the same time they find ways to, to be productive in the passing game. Obviously without we haven't seen them really without Steve Smith, but they'll find, they'll find ways to get other guys involved. Flacco's a good enough quarterback that they'll at least have a passable offense. They'll move the ball a little bit. Justin Forsett will run the ball all right. He's been doing okay. I'd agree, yes. I mean, one guy that really also kills him, they're, they're other rookie wide receivers on injured reserve. Uh, Darren Waller, who is, you know, six foot six, um, just a monster, uh, is also on injured reserve. He's another name to know, you know, going for the future. But, um, yeah, they're really in trouble at wide receiver going forward. They'll find ways to move the ball kind of like the Chargers have been doing. But it's going to be rough. It's going to be rough for them, and they're obviously not going to be a playoff team this year. Sure, right on. Uh, what beer are we drinking now? I'm going to go to uh, to Jason, and he can fill us in on that beer. Well, I don't have the beer in front of me, but I believe that it's a Delirium Tremens. Delirium Tremens, yep. All right. Uh, so this is an old classic, right? Dating back to like when we first started drinking beer that uh, came in a bottle. It is one of the first uh, craft beers that I really got to like and bought a lot of. And I haven't had it probably in like a year or two. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's great. It comes in like the... I used to think that this was like a ceramic bottle, but it's just a glass bottle sprayed with paint. It's the pink elephant, so it's, man. So it's slightly you know, disappointing, I suppose. Uh, but yes, it is the pink elephant. It is a... Um, what, what 
it's a Belgian ale. So, I don't know, it, it's really, you know, good. We should be drinking it out of our Delirium Tremens glasses, though. Yeah, well... You know, we're back here in the in the studio. We don't have a whole lot of uh, room for for the multiple glass selection. We'll have to make sure we include that in the <laughs> studio 2.0. Mm-hmm. So, if you are listening tonight, we just uh, want to say thank you very much. And uh, if you are listening after the broadcast, which is Tuesdays at 8:30 p.m. Central Time, uh, again, thank you. And and I don't know if you're listening via Stitcher or iTunes, but or the website, but but please go ahead and give us a review or a rating. That really helps us a lot. Drink5.com is where we post all of our articles on a weekly basis. That includes the rankings, uh, waiver wire articles, rookie reports, stardom sit-ums, uh, player profiles, all sorts of things. So go check that out. Consume that material. Make it part of yourself, and you become a better person because of it. And uh, if you check us out on Facebook.com slash Drink5Network and YouTube uh is not part of the equation yet no but we're thinking about it we're thinking about video I no don't know. tubing yet maybe a little bit uh and twitter.com slash he's got a lot of video on his brain i do have a lot of video it's from work it crosses over it's it's a little crazy uh but i would like to talk about some player trends so what i mean by player trends is uh things that have been happening in a certain direction for a week or two or three and then we're going to determine as a whole as a group here um, whether that's going to go on or not. And as we have in the past, I think we'll make it a little bit of a gentleman's bet. So what we'll do is there's three of us, myself, Jason, my co-host, and Sean, who's the rookie expert here. Uh, what we'll do is we'll take these guys, Derek Carr, Nate Washington, Antonio Andrews, and Charles Clay, uh, and we will decide whether or not they will meet certain requirements. And if those... Requirements are met or not met based on whatever we decide. <laughs> Our criteria. There will I love be that word. there will be one winner, and then we'll have a tiebreaker just in case there there happens to be a tie with the amount of things that we guess. Okay. Um, the bet. Uh, I, I hate doing this on air because sometimes it doesn't work. But what do you guys think? Shout out a suggestion. Not something it, big, just a little. It's not going to work today. I don't have a good suggestion. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the bet uh, for this. Will have to be that um, at, at Dave's next show that we're all at, the uh, winner has to wear either the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers hat or I assume you have a 49ers hat. I do, in fact, own okay. multiple 49ers so, hats. So whichever <laughs> one the, the loser hates more has to wear that hat in public. I have to. So I'm let's hope that too. Dave loses so that he has to be up on stage. I have to wear it on, on stage? Yeah. Oh, sweet. I have a, a pretty good one from the NFL draft last year. I think Dave's at a that. slight disadvantage here because he's up on stage and we'll just be in the audience. But All right. I will be There's hiding. There's nothing we can do about that, Dave. You can hang out in the audience if you want. All right, if, I'll do if it. If I lose, that I'll be hiding a very in that Pittsburgh show. Steelers hat. <laughs> okay, well, then I'll, then I'll change the flavor of the bet. Then it is there's only one loser, and then we'll do a tiebreaker to make sure that loser is, is the loser. just the loser. Okay. Uh, so let's start with Derek Carr. So Derek Carr has been pretty impressive. Uh, can he continue to impress like he has? Amari Cooper, Michael Crabtree have been amazing. The passing offense has been clicking. Uh, versus San Diego, uh, he had 289 yards and three touchdowns. The New York Jets, he had 333 yards and four touchdowns, which can I say, that's pretty impressive versus Jets. Pittsburgh, he had 301 yards and four touchdowns. So when they play the Vikings in Week 10, Will he have another three-plus touchdown game? Now let's start with uh, with Sean here. 
Um, I'm going to vote no. I think I think the Vikings have been – they haven't done a lot in terms of their defense scoring fantasy points, but they've been very good at bending but not breaking. They don't give up a lot of fantasy points to any individual position uh, because they don't give up a lot of touchdowns. I think this is going to be a week that the Raiders are probably going to – he'll probably throw for one or two touchdowns, but I actually think the Vikings win this game and keep them under control. Sean says no. Jason. I have to say no as well. They've only given up two passing touchdowns twice – both times to Matt Stafford. That is ridiculous, isn't it? So, well, the only two passing touchdowns were to Matt Stafford. Yeah, both times. <laughs> so, Philip. Well, to be fair, uh, so that stat means nothing. Then, it, it like it it realizes how ridiculous it is. They haven't it, played it, a lot of like great <laughs> quarterbacks. They, it, it this may be upon itself. Look, they, they played. <laughs> they did play Philip Rivers earlier in the year. Um, but I, I gotta say no. Like going for three is crazy. But of course, watch he's gonna go for three now. No, he's going for five now that we said that. Five. I mean, he's had three and then four and then four. I love Cooper. He's doing really well. It's tough to say. Crabtree is playing as that's, well as he's ever that's played. That's the scary part. Is Crabtree has outproduced Cooper the last and three Clive weeks. Walford has even started. That's that's the Raiders, isn't it? Yes, it's that is still the Raiders. Raiders. Clive Walford has started. He started stepping up. He had one catch for one yard and a touchdown this week. Let's not get carried away. Look, that's one. How many touchdowns? That's one, one <laughs> touchdown. That's one. Not touch, zero touchdowns. One touchdown more than he previously had. <laughs> one touchdown less than Garrett Selleck. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, but I am going to say yes because he has been doing very well, trending up for me. And if he just continues, or honestly, let's be honest, he had four in the past two games. If he trends down, he scores three touchdowns. Man. Oh, he's going to trend a little farther down than you think, Dave. Oh, you think he's going to have like 150 yards and a touchdown versus Minnesota? No, I just think less than three touchdowns. I think 250 and two is pretty reasonable. He did play the Jets for 333 yards and four touchdowns. They, that were, was they were also kind of shell-shocked by, by the Tom Ryan Brady. Fitzpatrick injury. And All right. Tom Brady. All right, Jets deniers. Whatever. Or wait, I should, I'd rather Derek Carr deniers is, I think, what you are, right? Derek Carr deniers. <laughs> Look, I think he's going to have a decent week. I just don't think he's going to throw three touchdown passes. I like Derek Carr this year, but all right, you know, not three touchdowns this week. Nate Washington, uh, Houston. Cecil Shorts, one of our, our favorite players. You got to drink five. Cheers. It's, it's I'll been drink a. Three. It's been Cecil a. Uh, as long as we've had this show, it's been a. We've drank on Cecil. It's Shorts. so great. Cecil Shorts is on Houston now. He's actually going to be spoken of more. I think in this past. Uh, last I wish he was weeks. still on Jacksonville. I mean, they don't really need him anymore, but like. That's the up-and-coming team. Yeah, they're definitely more up-and-coming than Houston. Yeah. Um, Poor J.J. Watt. Yeah. But he's got plenty of TV commercials and spots. He's fine. He, pre- he, he needs to go to, to Green Bay as a free agent. <laughs> yeah. You know what, though? Let's not kid ourselves. They're right there in the thick of the AFC South race. Especially with Andrew Luck going to be out now. They're literally a half game Is back. Tennessee going to win the, the division? No. Have you seen their schedule in the second half? Uh, well, I know they play Carolina this week. Uh, that's just the start of it. Yeah. Who's got an easy schedule to finish as the Bears? I love this guy. He, we're, we're in Chicago, in the Chicago area, and he's a he's a Bears fan, Jason. And I think now that the Bears have like defeated a couple of bad teams, he's sort of getting on backboard on, on the meatball, you know? Well, yeah, it's total meatball. <laughs> he's like, that. well, we beat San Diego barely. Look, barely. <laughs> I'll, I'm just going to throw out there that aside from against the AFC West, the Bears are 0-5. <laughs> Aside from the AFC West, does that mean they're going to beat Denver next week? 
Maybe. Or the week after. <laughs> oh, man. Very good point, though. Very good point. Uh, so, Nate Washington, his stats have been pretty good the last two matchups against Miami and Tennessee. He went 9 for 127 for two touchdowns and 4 for 74 for one touchdown. Does he lose all of his value when Shorts comes back? Um, I don't think he loses all of his value, but he loses his relevance in that he's... In, this is, I think, the pattern we've seen a lot this year. Uh, like, the second guy... Uh, it's producing a lot because his counterpart, you know, the third guy, is out. So once they come back, they're going to kind of split work from each other. Cecil Shorts did kind of dominate targets. Um, well, DeAndre Hopkins dominated targets. Over Nate Washington is what I wanted to say. But, but you know... Obviously, DeAndre Hopkins is going to get 50% of the targets on that team at least. Garbage time is allowing for these wide receivers to have a good... Oh, and there will be oh so much garbage time for Houston this week. There will be garbage time every week they play. They're going to play Cincinnati on Monday night in Cincinnati. And it's going to be garbage time with... Five minutes to play in the second quarter. So, okay. So, regardless of whether or not Shorts impacts him, the the contest here is, will Washington score a touchdown in Week 10 against the Saints? Wait, aren't they playing the Bengals? Yeah, I'm pretty sure they're playing the Bengals. They played... Well, look it up. Let me know. Yeah, I believe they are this week's Monday night game. Monday night. Hmm. Bengals-Texans. Monday night. Monday night, Bengals-Texans. The Saints play the Redskins. That's right. Very good. So, will Washington end up scoring a touchdown in Week 10 against the Bengals? Hmm. And uh, we'll start with Jason since we started with Sean previously. Um, boy, the garbage time will be strong with this one. <laughs> so... I love it. Mm, does Nate Washington put up another one? Well, he's How many had, weeks in a row has he had it? Uh, at, least, at least two. Three touchdowns in the last two weeks. I'm not sure if he had touchdowns. Oh, that's right. He had that. two last week. But, yeah, and then he was out for three weeks. Uh, what say yeah, you? Yeah. I think he makes it three in a row. Jason says yes. I think he'll make it three in a row. He can do it. <laughs> He's only 26% owned in Yahoo. I'm going to say no. Okay. Of course. Sean? Um, I'm also going to say no. I don't think he does. I think it's just because the Bengals' defense is really tough. But I will say... I, th- I don't think he loses all of his relevance when Shorts comes back because, number one, the, the extra receivers, Mumphrey and Jalen Strong, have not really stepped up when they've had their opportunities. They haven't done any. Well, I mean, well, aside from the one game when Jalen Strong had two catches and two touchdowns. And, yes, <laughs> um, one of them being a deflection. I had the opportunity to start him that week, and I didn't. I started, I started someone else random from the waiver wire, and I should have probably, you know, but, but it really punched me in the arm. Ugh. But, I mean, the, the biggest key for me as to why he'll continue to be relevant, again, you don't have any extra receivers aside from those top three. You don't have a tight end that's really catching passes. It's true. And Arian Foster caught 22 passes in the last three games that he played. Those targets have to go somewhere, and they're not going to Grimes or Polk or to Alfred Blue. And Hoyer was leading the league in attempts for a while. And he's got chemistry with Nate Washington. Look, I mean, DeAndre Howard. Yeah, I'm the one who picked and he scored a touchdown. No, <laughs> I, I agree. I think, I think he'll be good. But I think Shorts, if he comes back, and I think he will come back this week, he'll he'll start. Shorts to, was almost double digit targets every. He'll yeah. start I mean, to get a lot Ho- of those. Hopkins too. is going to yeah. get twenty targets a game going forward still, but the yeah. one of those other two each week will have a decent week. The hard part's going to be guessing okay. which one. Fair enough. So uh, Antonio Andrews, running back, Tennessee, the Titans. Uh, they ditched Terrence West. They do have David Cobb, who just got activated from the IR, so he's going to be coming back now. Obviously, uh, Wizen Hunt uh, got. 
taken out of there, you know, booted from Tennessee. And new coach Mike Malarkey said Andrews is the workhorse, in quotation marks, at running back. He scored 5.7, 8.2, and 11.1 fantasy points in the last three weeks with 10, 16, and then 19 carries. So he's definitely trending up. That is the, the definition of trending up for him. Now, he's a plotter. There's no one that can really deny that. He's only running for about you know three to four yards per carry, depending on the evening. And I'm not sure that Cobb can do better than that. The question here is, will Cobb take some of those carries away? Or do we still expect Andrews to get 15-plus carries this week versus Carolina? Carolina being a great defense, that has something to do with it, too. Because that might mean that if Tennessee is behind by a lot, they're not going to be running the ball with Andrews. However... I do think that Andrews will still get 15 or more carries, so I'm I'm in the yes category. Okay, Sean? I'm going to agree with you, Dave. I'm going to say yes. I think he gets 15 carries. I do think Cobb gets a few, but I think we're a couple weeks away from seeing Cobb really be unleashed. Um, I think I think Andrews has played really well the last two weeks. I mean, he's averaged over five yards a carry each of those games, and that's been that's a bigger stat to me than the number of carries that he's, he's getting. He's done much better recently. Yeah. Um, but he still doesn't look fast. He doesn't look that impressive to actually watch he's him. He's not going to be breaking away for big touchdowns, right? And and again, they spent a draft pick on Cobb. They didn't spend a draft pick on Antonio Andrews. I think it's going to be more that they want to see what they have. They're not going to the playoffs. I mean, without a miracle. Um, and like I said, their their schedule down the back half is not easy. Um, when you get outside of the uh, the divisional games, let's see if I can fi- pull up real quick the remaining schedule. I know they play the the for the Titans. Yeah, the Titans play as you said, Carolina. They play Oakland. I believe they also play they Denver. Play ja- okay, so it's Carolina and the Jets, then the Jaguars, then the Raiders, then the Jaguars. So Jets and Patriots. That's all right? like a tough route. Jets, Patriots. Those and are the two that I've Texans had. Jets, Colts. Patriots. So, so when you look at it, they're non-divisional games again. The rest of the way are Carolina, Oakland, the Jets, and the Patriots. Yeah. That's a brutal schedule. So they're not going to the playoffs. You know, they're they're not going to be good. Um, so they're going to want to see what they have in Cobb at some point. But I think this week um, the Panthers are more vulnerable against the run than they are against the pass. And I, I think you have to keep it on the ground to keep it away from Cam Newton and their offense. That was that was extremely informative. I, I, I agree with a lot of that. I, I'm wondering if Cobb will, will really take over or not. I think, personally, if Andrews continues to do well, then Cobb will probably still stay to the wayside. But odds are that Andrews starts to peel off and Cobb comes on. Uh, Jason, what do you think? Um, so, I you know, I, I think that... I, I agree with most of what you say. However, I don't think that he's going to get this because I think that game flow is going to favor the Panthers. They're going to be able to do whatever the hell they want to the Titans this week. I, you know, the Panthers are riding high right now, and they're just going to roll over anybody in their stadium right now. So I don't think that they're going to have the opportunity to run the ball enough All right. to get him to 15. Yeah, and I brought that up earlier. I mean, that, that could certainly be the case. I think the Panthers are going to blow him out, and I, they're not going to be able to do it. I think the Titans' defense is better than you think it is. No, I think the Titans' defense Dick is LeBeau's good. Titan defense. I yeah. just think that exactly. Carolina yeah. is that good that they're going to blow. They're going to just start blowing them out. I mean... We'll see. Rookie quarterback against a defense like that. He's going to try throwing it early. If he throws a pick or two, it's going to get out of hand. No, but he's been doing well this year. Oh, well, let's not concentrate on that. The point is, uh, you think no, we think yes. The average says yes, but, I mean, we're still on the borderline. It's not like he's running for I'm, 30 carries a game. No, not his high 15 was, carries is a lot. His so. high was 18. 15 is still a lot. 
Yeah. It's it's a decent number, but Malarkey's only been the head coach for one game, you make a and good, you he got make a good nineteen bookie, in that one game. You know how to pick a line. You're right, and he's not going to change it very much. He's going to do what's working until it doesn't work. The key for Malarkey wants to lean on the run game. They're going to yeah. at least make the effort to do it, and he likes Andrews at this point. If you get someone on either side of the lines, then you'd pick them right. All right. Well, we always make a habit of saying what we're drinking. This interesting whiskey. It's called Chicago Select Club, but it's actually a blended Canadian whiskey. And they call themselves Chicago Select Club. Uh, it's funny because it's a Canadian whiskey that says Chicago Select Club that's bottled in and made in Texas. Chicago is not really known for like anything other than like they're known for booze, but not any specific. No, quality. we make bathtub gin and shoot people in the head in Chicago. That's basically what we're known for. I'll drink to that. <laughs> Cheers. So, last member of the uh, Player Cheers. Trend Society is Charles Clay. Charles Clay, for Buffalo, tight end, if you're not familiar with him. He got off to a, a pretty good start in the first several weeks. He started off slow and then zoomed up pretty quickly. Uh, but after injuries to Sammy Watkins, Percy Harvins, Tyrod Taylor, his production dropped. Why? Because there was no one on the offense except for him. I mean, look, we can't, we can't really blame the guy. There was nobody there. They're not going to scheme around Charles Clay. That's just ridiculous. <laughs> He did get paid a lot of money to be a tight end on that team. He's an extremely athletic, very good football player. So I do expect him to do better uh, as we move here into the end of the season. Now let's look at the last three games. Week 6, 7, and 8. He got 6.2, 2.6, and 0.6 points, respectively. So it looks like he's sort of diving into the abyss of fantasy football non-production, right? Will Clay's production pick up against the Jets in Week 10? Well... I'm just going to start it real easy. I mean, this is not hard for a tight end that should be measured anywhere in the top 15. Will he eclipse five points? Uh, that's rough. I don't know. Who picks first this time? Sean? Goes back to Sean. Oh. Okay. I'll jump in first. I'm going to say absolutely he scores five points. I think, uh, I mean, obviously Percy Harvin is out still. Um, he's obviously not going to be played. Isn't he on injured reserve now? So yeah. I think he's out, yeah, for, the he's season. out for the season. Uh, and I'd expect Darrell Rivas to be planted on Sammy Watkins for most of the game. I think Clay is the next best option in the passing game. I'd expect him to, I mean, especially now that Tyrod Taylor's back at full strength mm-hmm. uh, in playing, I would expect uh, Charles Clay to put up easily 50 yards, um, which should be five points. All right. All right. Jason. So the Jets against uh, tight ends, which is what I was curious about. Um I, I think he's probably going to put up five points. I, I have had him. Uh, I had him last week in our challenge uh, that we had picked, um, which we'll have to get to soon. But Keep in mind, in the last two games, he did not. He did not. He definitely did not. Um, so, you know, the Jets are holding opposing tight ends to 6.29 points. Uh, so I'm going to go with, yes, he will score five points or more. Do we Fair get enough. 5.0 or do we have to go with 5.1? <laughs> it's... It's 5.0. 5.0, all right. Uh, well, actually, I said Eclipse, which means Eclipse over 5 points. Right, so 5.1 yeah. is a win. It's okay, because I'm going to go with yes as well, thinking that Charles Clay will actually go back up in the positive because he does have Sammy Watkins there. And exactly to your point, you know, the, the Jets aren't the best team against tight ends, and they do have Watkins there as long as Watkins is able to play because he's slightly shaky. Uh, I think he'll be pretty good, like 80, 80 90%, you know. Uh, but he did have sort of an injury. He was kind of hobbling after the game. 
last week. And man, Sammy Watkins has been injured all year. It's just been sad because he's such a great receiver. He's having all these injury problems that are that are leaving him to be just a little bit less good than he could be. He he did not look injured last week. No, he but, but he came off hobbled. Like he he keeps playing the game and then like going off in a walking boot or like playing the game and you know limping off the field. But he needs a certain number of targets each week for him to be you know reason like for him to be happy. Yeah, and he all, can demand those things. And all y'all people with y'all little jobs, you don't even need to talk about this. With with twelve targets in the game, he had eight of them. Sammy is not making himself a fan favorite. No. Uh, okay. Well, if he has more 168 yard games, then yeah. he's in pretty You can good say shape. whatever you want when you do that. Oh, we'll put those down in the books and we'll return to them next week. Oh, wait. One more thing. We have a tiebreaker. So, let's look at the last game Buffalo versus the Jets. And we'll call it uh, Buffalo versus Jets. Total number of touchdowns scored by Buffalo against. No, that's too easy of a question. Uh, total number of passing yards by Tyrod Taylor specifically, which means if he gets injured or he's not in the game, it doesn't count. Do I lead here or should Jason? Jason now leads, yes. All right. Uh, Tyrod Taylor, passing yards. Uh, this is the Thursday night game, right, against the Jets? Yep. Yes. Mm, the color up. rush Thursday night game. That's right. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with um, 200. Okay. And uh, I will select 230. 35. It's close. It's not closest without going over. I'm, I'm going almost right in the middle. Of, uh, 216. Oh, my God. <laughs> Get the under. Yes. So we're all in the right area here. We, we don't think he's going to have a huge game or a poor game. It's the Jets. I mean, they've given up a bunch of points lately. Yeah. But they're, they're a good defense. And Tyrod Taylor is not a guy who throws for too many yards. And oh, the, the Bills offense is going to continue to focus around the run. So right, yeah. can you can you open this, Sean? Great. Uh, so I'm just going to talk a little bit about the rookie report. Oh man, now, Jets! This is something that Sean has done every week since I don't even know when, a couple years ago, uh, and we've started. I think uh, you know on the internet the rookie report sort of uh, terminology, uh, the name of the article, and we've just we've just really enjoyed doing it and having him writing for us. So. Uh, what we do is, is every single week, we... <laughs> That's funny. Continue, Dave. <laughs> You're all right. We, we exploded the beer. <laughs> all right. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let Jason go get some paper towels. No worries, Sean. You're fine. Uh, but here, just move these cookbooks off of here. No? There you go. Okay, anyway. So uh, what we want to do is we want to talk about the rookies... Every single week that uh, it's the first time that they are playing in the NFL, first year anyway. Uh, and so there's not a lot of tape on those guys, you know. There's not a lot of uh, information about them. What you really need is someone who is, is watching these games, these college games with these players in them. And is able to tell you exactly what they might be able to do in a best and worst case scenario in an NFL game. So, uh, for example, last week, week nine, uh, rookies to start, Todd Gurley, 
Jason, would you do me a favor and look up the stats of the guys as I as I call them out here? Uh, yeah. So we're just going week. over what what uh, what Sean actually reported as the the right places to start the rookies. I have restricted mouse movement due to the recent cleanup efforts. Uh, so Todd Gurley last week, 24 carries, 189 yards against Minnesota, scored a touchdown on the ground, three carry or three catches uh, for 20 yards. So it probably, was 89 and not 189 so rushing yards. Probably not a start then. Right? I said 89, not 189. I would have been like 189. No, I actually picked him up on the waiver wire of one of my leagues. That's uh, ridiculous. Yes, it, that is the most ridiculous waiver pickup of the year. Okay. Well, good job. Obviously hit on that one. Jeremy Langford is a start. Uh, Want to tell us his stats, Jason? Uh, last week, Jeremy Langford won me a freaking game, and that's all that matters, isn't it? Sorry, Troy. I just had to rub it in one last time. So, uh, Jeremy Langford against San Diego had 18 carries for 72 yards and a touchdown on the ground, three receptions for 70 yards uh, for a total of 142 yards. From scrimmage and a touchdown and a touchdown, beautiful, beautiful yeah, I mean, performance and a two pointer. Obviously, Gurley was an automatic start to win the much, game, but Langford. Not everyone would have thought that for certain that we should be plugging him into the lineup. Um, I think that the general consensus was kind of to put Langford in this week. Uh, no, I don't think it was, and I, I think it, it really? still kind of isn't because, like, they're they're obviously they're they're trying out people, right? They're playing Minnesota now, it's a tougher defense. Their whole point is is you know we're not going to have Forte unless we sign him. So let's try Langford, let's try Carey, let's try all the guys we have, right? And uh, the one that works, we'll stick them in there. And you saw at the beginning of the game, for example, uh, there were a lot of people that had paper bags over their heads because it was Kadeem Carey that was taking the carries. I'd be willing to wager that week one of next season, the starting running back for the Chicago Bears is Jeremy Langford. Yeah, I think I think that's going to be the case as well. Well, do you guys want to bet uh, each other and say, like, we can just really smile together? And have well, I mean, a- I mean, Jason agrees with me, so I don't know why I'd want to bet against it. I, 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 I would love to bet that. That's fine. I have to. I have to keep you guys okay. Because you guys are too Langford happy right now. So what we'll bet is uh, one of my favorite bets. Uh, that is beef sandwich. I I I think I can swing that if I lose. Beef sandwich bet. Beef sandwich. All right. All right. Cheers. We, I can't wait to take. have a beef sandwich and a starting running back in Dynasty. Oh, yeah, it, you... was, it was just Sean. <laughs> I think. No, I have to. I have to bet. <laughs> okay, fine. Fine. No, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, you're on the hook for two beef sandwiches. Okay. <laughs> I have... This two-for-one beef sandwich deal. Well, you get two beef sandwiches. Really? You're going to buy me two? Not at the same time. (laughs) Yeah, you can get one from each of us separately. Right, you can just redeem it whenever you want. I'm sorry, Jason. No, I I, I have to bet the original better. Uh, I can't bet both of you. I I did throw the bet out there, Jason. I'm sorry I I usurped you on this one. He originally had the beef sandwich bet, and it was there. It was in my mind. It was happening. You guys are just mad that I picked up Jeremy Langford in the Dynasty League. No, it's okay. It's okay. Based on my running backs, yes. <laughs> All right. I'm still holding on to Joik Bell. Just throwing uh, that out there. Wide, oh, Joik. Wide receiver Amari Cooper. Uh, so let's let's talk about uh, what you said. You said Cooper should find the sledding easier this week after a rough go last week against the Jets. So, Cooper is safe to fire up this week as a WR3, he says. So what, what did Cooper... Uh, okay, so Cooper against the Jets did have tough sledding. Four, uh, five catches for 46 yards. And last week against Pittsburgh, he had seven catches for 88 yards and a touchdown. 
And right. I, I basically said, like, at a worst-case scenario, he'd still be better than he was the previous week. At this point, Cooper... Yeah, I mean, that's, what, 14.8? Cooper should be played Take in every game. Every game, he's a stud. He has at least four catches in every game. Just like you said, Sean, uh, Cooper was easily the number one rookie wide receiver to go into the draft. He was ready for the NFL, and he is ready for the NFL. And the fact that Derek Carr is his quarterback is only helping him this year. Yeah, I mean, I thought that would be a big deterrent for him, and it has not been. Carr has made all Far from it. Carr has made huge strides forward, which has made Cooper. I mean, and some of that can be attributed to Cooper and Crabtree being brought in this year. Yep, doing really well. The whole team is playing very well. All right, let's go quickly. So, uh, having a running game there. Borderline rookies, Jameis Winston. Winston. Last week, Jameis Winston played the Giants. He went 19 for 36 for 249 yards. No uh, passing touchdowns or interceptions. Three carries for 24 yards and a touchdown. Eerily uh, identical to his rushing line from the previous week. I feel like that makes him sort of borderline. Um, but he did, because of the rushing touchdown, sort of eclipse that status. However, uh, very good very good uh, supposition on this He guy. was like 18 points. He was part of our bet with Mike. Uh, he was like 18 points. Marcus, that's, that's about where he's ended up in his decent weeks. He's had a really high floor for a rookie quarterback, but his yeah, ceiling, he's, he's yet QB to hit two. his ceiling. He's a QB2. Marcus Mariota. Uh, uh, this man keeps hitting his ceiling. So he played tennis, or he played New Orleans. He played New Orleans. They won. And he was a borderline rookie, but he did really well, right? 28 for 39. Uh, 72% completion rate, by the way. 371 yards, four touchdowns. The um, passer rating of 135.7. Amazing. He had I, a great game. I would wager to say that, that, uh, that he is probably now in the start every week category, except against elite defenses. Yeah, so is he starting this week then against Carolina? I, I would disagree with that because... Carolina's this, an elite defense. I would say no. Okay. I would disagree with that because the Saints are literally the worst passing defense in the NFL. They are pretty bad, yeah. No, they I did mean, give up seven touchdowns to uh, <laughs> Eli Manning. No, that, that was... There's six, only six to Eli, sorry. E- Eli did like help out the stats a little bit there. I mean, I, I have some numbers to back it Tip up. Tip in the scale. The Saints allow the third most passing yards per game in the league. They have allowed the most touchdowns. Passing of any defense in the league, the highest quarterback rating against, and the highest yards per attempt against. They are the worst pass defense in the NFL. I'm with you. So so that means when any quarterback that's in the top 15 or top 20 quarterbacks plays them, you should start them, right? Like Kirk Cousins. For the most part. Cousins should have a nice week this this week. week. I mean... So should Kirk Cousins be an immediate start against the Saints this week? No. I wouldn't say immediate, but I would say if you're in a two-quarterback league and you have him on your roster and you're not playing him, I'd question what you're doing. You'd question. Um, yes. But if but if you're I sitting question there... question your sanity. If you're <laughs> sitting there with Tom Brady and Kirk Cousins, I'm not going to say start Kirk Cousins because he's playing the Saints. It Fair depends enough. on who your other quarterback is. Gotcha. Um, but Mariota doesn't automatically become an every-week starter unless he's against an elite defense. He's still more of a quarterback, too. But in plus matchups, he's capable of producing like this. Okay, very good. Melvin Gordon is a borderline matchup. Melvin and, Gordon's a beast. And I sort of agree with that because Melvin Gordon has really been taking a backseat to Danny Woodhead in the last several weeks. Uh, the one game he did have a lot of carries in, he still didn't really do all that well for himself. Right. Um, he's only averaging 3.6 yards per carry all year. Last night against Chicago, he had 11 carries for 31 yards, three catches for 25 yards. Uh, like, you know, that was pedestrian for Melvin Gordon. I mean, it's, it's sad to say that 50-some-odd yards from scrimmage is actually, I mean, it on the flex radar good. this season, the way things have been going at running back. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, he's yet to break out. You know what I mean? I just keep waiting for it to happen. And yeah, um, it might not happen. I just feel like the Chargers' offense is too pass happy, and Danny Woodhead is so much better in the pass game um, than. Than Gordon is. So, Sean, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about the beer that we're drinking right now? No, oh, this is uh, it's the Lost Abbey Inferno Ale. Uh, never... I like Inferno Ale. That sounds good. Does it have <laughs> habanero in it? Um, yeah, it says right on the bottle. Uh, Satan serves beer in hell. He brews it himself right there in the in that flame stoked cauldron. Heyo. Rumor has it the beer is straw yellow, bone dry, and simply labeled Inferno. Oh gosh. Hence the beer we're drinking, Inferno. That's fascinating. All right, uh, TJ Yeldon, he played the New York Jets in Week 9. He was a borderline rookie start for Sean. So TJ Yeldon did uh, okay. Um, It wasn't his best game or anything like that. Uh, Do you have stats in front of you? I don't. I know that at one point he was having a really rough day, and he right. broke a forty-plus. He, he had a, a forty-plus yard yeah. run in the fourth quarter no, but that thought, made his day really solid. Uh, not not great. He didn't score a touchdown. But no, I thought borderline was a good uh, good. Yeah, place borderline. To Fourteen for sixty-four, three catches for thirty-seven. Sorry, I was wrapped up in the uh, label of this beer. He's got <laughs> a great back label. I mean, more weeks than not, Gordon and Yeldon are going to fall under borderline because they both get enough volume to, to that you're at least considering playing them at the flex. But it's rare that the matchup is a situation where you're looking at them saying, we have to start them this week. Fair enough. It depends on who your other players are, but both of them are capable of putting up starting caliber numbers in a given week. Just a matter of if they get there. Okay, well you did pretty well on those previous picks. Let's talk about these guys this week. So, uh, let's say, um, I don't know, Jeremy Langford. How's he going to do this week? So they played Minnesota this week. Um, and it, I think it's pretty clear that Manforte is going to be out for another week. So assuming he's going to be the starter. I, yes, absolutely. He's, he's done a procedure. It's going to be a little while for him to uh, to get 100%. And even if he does start in uh, in week 12, week 13, he's probably still going to have Langford as a big part of the offense. I mean, I would I would roll him out there again. I think, um, you know, the Vikings' defense, again, has been bend but don't break. They've been, you know... Not not elite, but not bad by any means against running backs. Um, the key there is they don't give up a ton of touchdowns. And so Langford's not likely to score a lot of TDs. He's going to be a solid play in PPR because he really has taken on the Matt Forte role. The passing game, he's involved. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, I think that's a big piece of what Matt Forte brings. Is he's going to catch a lot of passes, and he's going to run for 70 or 80 yards. He, he lined, lined up at wide receiver a bunch. Yeah, Langford, Langford is... The closest thing they have to a guy who can fill that role fully, and that's, right. that, that's why I believe with with Forte being a free agent at the end of the year, that Langford steps into that role full time. Oh, I totally next see season. That. Um, I am anxious to see Cutler kind of trust him a little bit more in the screen game. There was a lot of plays last night when I thought that a dump off to Langford would have been safer and would have kept it going. He, I think that's maybe why he pushed it to Alshon Jeffrey so much I mean, last night. Granted, is there really a lot of risk when Alshon's covered by a guy half his size? Right. Though? That that. That was probably one of the reasons why. I mean, he was I specifically remember a play but if where Matt Forte's in. He's he's dumping off more of those passes. I mean, one of the last plays on that touchdown drive to Zach, where Zach Miller had the crazy one-handed catch. Yeah. Um, there was a play where Cutler's basically falling down and threw the ball up for grabs, but it was all Sean on a guy half his size. All Sean is enormous. And it's just like yeah. there's no chance of stopping that, even though it was a horrible, like ill-advised he's throw. He's kind of grown into his size too. Yeah. And when he when he was a rookie, he seemed like way too lanky to be for real. You know, he was all arms and legs. 
Yeah, I think. Like well, that said, game wasn't a, a great game between two wonderful quarterbacks. That, that game was. Uh, that was the that jerk. Was a, that was jerk face bowl. That was a game versus two bad defenses that let a whole bunch of crazy plays go. Jay Cutler wins the jerkiest face of them all. <laughs> Oddly enough, San Diego's pass defense had been really good before the last two weeks or so. Well, a lot of that came from uh, Langford and like little short flat. Well, Cutler passes. didn't light them up. He, it was all to threw, Jeffrey, and that's about it. No, he threw Cutler for over well. three hundred yards in the touchdown. Well. Yeah. He didn't light him up. You're right. He, there was no Drew Brees, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning performance. But what does that mean anymore? <laughs> the Peyton Manning performance is not something you want to aspire to at this point. Well, he's, been, <laughs> he's been a little better lately, but yes, yes, yes. He still throws interceptions. I mean, every did, did, you, did you watch the game against the Colts? It was not pretty. So, uh, Oakland versus Minnesota. Uh, Amari Cooper, how does he do this coming week? Um... I think he does about what he did last week, minus the touchdown. I think there's still a shot he gets in the end zone. Um, but I feel like the Vikings, like I, I've been saying it all night, they bend, they don't break. They give you a lot of yards. They don't give you a lot of points. Let's look at it the other way around. How about Stefan Diggs versus Minnesota? I versus mean, I'm sorry, Oakland. Versus Oakland. Uh, much better matchup for him this week than he had last week. I think he ends up being right back to that uh, wide receiver 2-3 borderline yeah, and a guy good, you should right? start for sure. We're all salivating over this matchup. Diggs played a bad uh, or a good team last week. Teddy Bridgewater left the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, he only had three catches for 42 yards. I expect him to be a lot closer to his six receptions that he's had in at least every other game since I mean, then. I mean, you can't Very really good. use the Bridgewater excuse. Bridgewater played into the fourth quarter, uh, I believe, if I'm not yeah, mistaken. Yeah, but they needed to throw the ball at the end and he wasn't around. They, Bridgewater they, wasn't there. You say needed, they won the game. I mean, okay. it's hard to say they needed to when they won the game. Um, you know, they found a way to, to pull it out. I think that with Diggs, it was a tough matchup. The Rams have been really good defensively. But against every mediocre or bad defense he's played against, he's been lights out, and I think he gets another mediocre defense with the Raiders. Uh, I mean, it's not like he's going to be running routes at Charles Woodson, who's been the, the one guy in their secondary who's been making plays. So I think I think he's back to you should definitely start him this week situation. Last week was a little more up in the air, and that's why he was a borderline rookie last week. He'll be a rookie to start this well, week. Let's talk about Doriel Green Beckham. So this is a guy that was not really on the radar. He was just being used occasionally by the coach, but now new coach wants to throw him in the water and see if he can swim. Uh, did really well this this week versus New Orleans. And I think that next week he could do really well as, as, as well. He's, he's going against Carolina, though. So does that mean that, uh, that the bane of all wide receivers is going to be uh, defending him? Or do you think Beckham, being a huge target, is going to be able to, to really pull out a good game? If, if the Panthers are smart, Josh Norman will be covering Doriel Green Beckham, which will certainly limit his upside. I mean, But he's not a tall guy. No, but, but I mean, it, he doesn't need to be. Have you seen some of the plays yeah, Josh awesome. Norman's made Josh this Norman season? Josh Norman is awesome. I mean, that, uh, I mean, I've seen a couple Carolina games. But Beckham games. is a monster. He's like an action figure. That Carolina-Indianapolis Monday night game, I mean, Josh Norman made one play after another. He was he on was screen incredible. More, than, more than the quarterback was on uh, screen. I mean, there's one in particular where it was like a deep ball. I think it was the T.Y. Hilton where he just laid out to deflect the ball. Yep. And, I've, I mean, and all he's been plays. making those plays all year long. I mean, if you play Green Beckham this week, you're banking on him being able to do things against Josh Norman that no receiver's been able to do. Heck yeah, man. Looks so, good. So this week, don't play him, but he's definitely worth putting in a waiver claim for if you if you could use an upgrade at wide receiver because this guy has a ton of upside. I mean, he had 10 targets this week, and that should continue. Who does Tennessee play forward. after New Orleans in uh, Week 11? Uh, that, that should determine for us because if it's a they play it, the Jaguars on Thursday night. Okay, everyone so, was so mad at the beginning of the season. They're like, "Oh, we get another stupid Titans Jaguars game on Thursday night." 
It but it's going to be awesome. And, and it could be that Beckham, after having a bad night with Josh Norman taking him, ends up going out that game, breaking out, and scoring two touchdowns. That could easily be the case. Uh, all right, well... No, and again, I mean, the rest of the way, they still get Oakland, who's not very good against defense, or against wide receivers. They get the Patriots, who's the one-week link is their secondary. I gotcha. And they get divisional foes, who are all pretty bad against opposing wide receivers. So... I think Doriel Green Beckham's upside is through the roof the rest of the season, but this one week, this week, is going to be rough. Okay, well, let's talk about some guys that didn't play last week. Very quickly, if you'll just give me a, a little bit of a like 30-second soundbite. David Johnson. Um, still buried on the depth chart. I love him long-term because he's been able to produce in just a few touches each week. Uh, I mean, when he does produce, but he's behind Chris Johnson and Andre Ellington. He's the goal line back, but it's it's so up in the air from week to week. Uh, Brashad Perryman won't make an impact in his rookie year. Not going to play. He might. I wouldn't want him on my roster this season. You Amir, don't want to anger a Harbaugh. Amir Abdullah. Does he do do better with the new uh, offense coordinator? Or is he done? I would wait till next year on Abdullah too. I think if any Lion running back makes noise down the stretch, it's Joyke Bell. Jalen Strong. Does he make any impact this year? Or Nate Washington, Cecil Shorts, too high up in the depth chart to matter. I think if Strong was going to break through, he'd have done it by now. Uh, maybe once they fall out of playoff contention, he gets a little more playing time and a few more snaps, a few more targets, um, but probably not enough to be worthy of rostering in a redraft league. Tyler Lockett on Seattle, he's been good. Will he be great, or will he just be good and, and kind of on the borderline of playing in fantasy? I wouldn't want him in any league other than a PPR league, but I do think that he's working his way into the offense enough that – um, there's going to be weeks where he's worth playing, and he's always a, a threat to break a punt return or kick return touchdown. Uh, if your league counts return yardage, he should already be owned. Um, but in a league that doesn't, I mean, only PPR league should be owned. Um, but he's going to be a really good player down the road for them. It's just kind of an up-in-the-air situation. It's a wide receiver by committee that the okay. Seahawks run. Uh, <laughs> Thomas Rawls, will he come back into uh, into play? Obviously that – in. Um, you know, it hinges on whether or not Marshawn Lynch is going to be the starter for the rest of the year. So I guess what I'm asking you is, uh, is Rolls anything more than any backup for Seattle ever was um, in this era? Or could he be a back that eventually takes over that role as, as Marshawn Lynch, as those guys behind him never did, and they just went to different teams and spread out? I think Rawls is the first guy we've seen that really could be the heir apparent to Marshawn Lynch, but it depends on how much longer Lynch wants to play. Um, they obviously, obviously, uh, Pete Carroll loves him. Russell Wilson loves him. As long as Marshawn wants to keep playing, they're going to want him to keep playing in Seattle. Um, but I do think that Rawls is the heir apparent. As for this year, he's just a handcuff for Lynch. But going forward, I do think there's a chance he becomes the number one there for a long time. Okay. Very good. Excellent. What are we drinking here? A little more whiskey? Yes. So last week, Dave and Mike and I had the bet uh, picking a team. So we picked our teams last week, and it was uh, uh, Dave versus uh, me versus Mike, who was on the show last week with us. 
Um, so I uh, wound up scoring 107 points. I took first place. Dave had uh, 73.24, and Mike just barely beat him out with 75.76. Uh, so it was pretty good. Uh, <clears throat> you know, pretty close there at the end. So what we bet on last week, Sean, was that uh, the loser would cook dinner and pay for half of the meal, and second place would pay for the other half of the meal. And uh, first place got to pick the meal. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it was, it was I'm a nice I'm not a good cook. Uh, so we'll leave off the cooking options for this. Uh, we had discussed a couple of things, but we need to decide what we're going to bet on. Okay. Uh, so um, I suggest it, it could be in a similar vein uh, to what we did in the previous uh, bet, or maybe we could have someone maybe buy have to buy a jersey or something like that. So anyways, uh, we still need to come up with uh, terms for this week. But yeah, um, I- I'll have this guy here. Oh, come on. We're on the radio. You gotta, you gotta, tell, you gotta tell them what happened. On the, uh, okay, Dave was offering us all beers. between something, right? And uh, Sean chose the Trapel. I took a Pabst Blue Ribbon. That's, that's, a, new, is, that's a new Belgium Trapel. All right? It is. It is Let's a new Belgium Trapel. <laughs> and Dave uh, took another one of the uh, Bedlams that we had earlier. That's right. That's right. All right. I, you know, you guys, you know, I'm a huge hop head. And uh, we, we haven't had a single hoppy beer all night. So when I looked at those two, I'm like, I want something familiar. <laughs> Did you like the beers, though, we had tonight? So, Oh, I, I do. I do like them. Excellent. Oh, oh! You need me to I, open the beer am, for you, Sean. I don't know how to open a beer with a lighter. I'm an all right, idiot. All right, you, you take all the lighter right, so, in one hand and you hold it around the cap. So we're we're betting something for for you our just, version of this. You I, made uh, that look way easier than it is. No, it, it's easier than that. Really, that was a little bit harder than it should be. I'm <laughs> fine with a real bottle opener, but I'm not very well versed with with uh, you know other props it's that we turn into concept. bottle openers. It's the same concept, yeah. probably. <laughs> so. So uh, so we bet on that before, but now we're going to bet on something different. Did you guys come up upon a bet? Because we got to do it. Quickly. No, no, we had just started talking about that. So okay. same thing. I pick up the numbers. We're going to do it clockwise. We're going to do everything the same we did before. Uh, Sean, why don't you decide on the bet? You can either do one, two, three, or a winner or a loser. Oh, I think I think we're going to do um, the bottom. Just the loser has to do something. Just third place. What do they do? Jason? Okay, what does the loser have to do? Sean? What I you- have no idea. You guys can't put this on me right now. <laughs> so much pressure to come up with something. Um, well, we were loser. just talking about it, right? Well, we, uh, well we, we came up with the hat thing at a show. All right. So um, maybe at the same show, the loser can have to wear a jersey of some kind or something that they... We're going to make it even really more. Really wouldn't want it to be. Make it more embarrassing to Dave on stage. Why are we doing this worse. to Dave? And we did, we did beef sandwiches. Like, we could do more food. You have yeah, to eat know. a beef sandwich on stage. No. <laughs> um, How about we do Lou Malnati's? That'd be, that'd be fun. Sure. Loser has to get Lou Malnati's. Does everybody like Lou Malnati's? Loser has to buy Lou Malnati's. Who does not like Lou Malnati's? <laughs> the what next time Sean's on the person? show, loser buys Lou Malnati's. I'm in. Okay. Count it. Only third place buys it. Only third place. Only, Only third, third place. place. All right. Cheers, guys. First place selects the pizza. Oh. You said that like way too late for me. I don't know if I Dave wanted that. to back out of that one. He was like he was like, we haven't made terms on that part of the bet. 
It's open. Well, you, you guys don't want me to suck the pizza because I'll put some vegetables on it and you're going to be upset about but it. But it depends that's part on what of the winning. vegetables are. If it's, <laughs> that's part of winning. if it's mushrooms, I'm like, I'm not eating it. No, I'm kidding. I'll, I'll eat it, but it's I wouldn't have selected them myself. It's part of winning and losing, right? It's okay. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll all decide on the pizzas together and loser will buy them. That's how we'll do it. Okay. Okay. Uh, but if you're the winner, you get you get the final vote. You get the the you final the vote. tiebreaker. If in case there's like a break, a tiebreak on something, you get it. Sweet. With three. Yes, people. we're getting jalapenos. Of course, with three people, there can't be a tiebreaker. So, <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyway, let's go ahead and do this. This is the last part of the uh, of the show. So again, I, I want to tell all you guys, thank you very much for I listening. I like ending the show this way every and, week now. And if uh, if you'd go ahead to Stitcher or iTunes and give us a rating or a review, that'd be fantastic. Uh, it just helps us out. And drink5.com is where we have all the content that we put up every week. So, let's go ahead with it. Uh, Alright, I'm ready to record, Dave. This is based let's on this. this is based on our weekly rankings, and those rankings are currently updated as of today at 9.51pm Central Standard Time. That's right. So... What I'd like to do first Up is... Up the second, except for Malcolm Floyd, which I'll remove after the show. Sure. <laughs> he, he better not come up in any of these decisions. I don't want Malcolm Floyd we'll skip as him. a default. And just, we'll skip him. And just so you know... If it does happen where someone's injured, uh, can we, we pick sub the next in guy Michael on the list. Floyd? No, we pick the we next... We sub in the next guy on the list. Can the it be Michael Floyd? <laughs> no. If he's the next on the list. We pick the and next there's okay. even there's even the John Brown rule, where if he's active but doesn't actually get into the game, then you can still get another guy. Yep, we actually. So, I mean, how will we know that until the game is over? Do I just pick a guy who did well? I mean, you, no, 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 no. We pick everybody right now. now, and that's it. This is your fantasy team. We're picking him now. But and what it's happens based if on I, our the John Brown rule comes into effect? Who then do we I look get at the inside? rankings. We'll and help next you. Guy. Just get whoever we'll help it is. You the next it. guy. Okay. The next guy. No problem. I just wanted to make sure I understand the ground rule. You All can right. you can go to our website and look at our rankings, or go to Fantasy Pros and view our. All right, you guys ready? We have to do this kind of. They are there. Are you ready? Let's go. Are you ready? Okay. All right, so the first thing we're going to do is, is do quarterbacks. Uh, now, here's how it works. Actually, no. Um, here's how it works. You, you, you're clockwise. You're clockwise. You know, from, from you, yes, I, I'm I call Connor clockwise. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have you start first, so you can pick whatever position who, you want. Who are you talking to? Uh, Sean. Sean. Our, our team has one quarterback. It has two running backs. It has three wide receivers. And it has a tight, tight end, end, kicker, defense. A kicker. Uh, and it is standard scoring based on our drink five league. So you pick a Got position, it. and you'll be the first to pick, and then we'll go clockwise. I select running back. Running back it is. You want to do running back one or two? I mean, let's go RB1. That's okay. important to decide that, yeah. Right. Okay, so what we're going to do is we're going to select uh, RB1 from the 10, 11, and 12. Ooh. 10 is LeGarrette Blunt. LaShawn McCoy is 11, and Jeremy Langford is 12. That means <laughs> that means that you can decide right now if you Between want those Blunt, three guys. McCoy, or Langford. Who's New England's opponent again this week? New England, New England is playing, playing the, Giants. the Giants. So they're going to lose because they can't beat the Giants. Every four years they have to play them, and they lose. And it's you said standard scoring? Standard scoring, essentially, yes. I'm going to go with LeGarrette. Standard Yahoo. All right. I would R-E-T-T-E. do. I mean, Blunt, what's McCoy's? I mean, McCoy's health status is very up in the air. Uh, well, if McCoy weren't to play, then you'd get the next guy on the list. Who is the next guy? Come on, guys, we gotta hurry. Uh, but I'm gonna go with Jeremy Langford. Okay. Because he won me a game in magnificent fashion. That gives me LeSean McCoy. Be, uh, 
forever, you know, loyal to him. And if I don't get LaShawn McCoy, then I, I guess it goes down to the next guy. But all indications are that he will be playing. Uh, now Sean next, McCoy's, I uh, pronounced it Keen Peel style. Come on, Jason, we got to go. Your turn. Well, what are the players that we pick between? No, no, pick a position. Oh, I'll, I'm going to go with quarterback. Quarterback. All right, for quarterback, we are going between 10, 11, and 12. That is Marcus Mariota, Brian Hoyer, or Josh McCown. Oh. Now, Marcus plays against Carolina, Hoyer plays against Cincinnati, and McCown plays against Pittsburgh. Tough decision. Go. Oh, man, Dave, you made this way harder than I was expecting. Oh, it's breaking my brain right now. I <laughs> I mean, come on. Really, like, I at first I'm like, oh, Mariota, of course, but he's playing Carolina. I don't know about that. Um, I'm going to go with Josh McCown. Josh McCown. All right. Uh, well, personally, I I will choose. Was McCown your guy? I'll choose. Uh, oh man, I love the garbage time that. Hoyer if you provides. don't, I was gonna say if you don't know who you're gonna pick, <laughs> I'm thinking McCown was your guy. Oh, uh, I was thinking about Marcus the whole time, but I love Hoyer's garbage That's time. That's such a scary matchup. No, I'll take Marcus Margaret Mariota. I like it because Mariota would have been third on my list out of those three guys this week. Okay, so you get Brian Hoyer. There you go. I'll and take I, him. I'll and take I, him. Oh, yeah. And I will choose wide receiver one, and that one comes from 10, 11, 12 of wide receivers, which is Alan Hearns, Mike <laughs> Evans, and Emmanuel Sanders. Ooh. Uh, and from those three, I'll select mm, Denver plays Kansas City, Evans plays Dallas, uh, Thomas plays Kansas City. No, Alan Hearns plays Baltimore. I mean, sorry, Hearns plays Baltimore. Yeah. Oh, uh, plus matchups. Yeah, they are. Um, I'll select... WR1. It's supposed to be an embarrassment of riches. <laughs> <laughs> I'll select Evans, Mike Evans. Who would be the next guy if I take Hearns and he doesn't play? Well, that uh, would be 1, 2, 3, 1, 2, 3, Amari 1, 2, Cooper. 3. Perhaps James Jones... Or, oh yeah, it'd be the or end Jarvis of the list. Landry. Oh, man, it does. I love, go to the I end. love that matchup against the Ravens, and I'm. You never know with which guy, whether it's Demarius or Emmanuel. I'm going to take Emmanuel Sanders, though. Great. So he gets Alan Hearns. I hey, I get to root for a Jaguar this week. I'm all about yeah. that. Your turn. Pick a position. Let's go tight end. Tight end, it is. It's weird. I, I'm not. I don't think I would have picked him if it was my pick. Tight end says. 10, 11, 12, Benjamin Watson, Martellus Bennett, or Jason Witten? Bennett. <laughs> Martellius. Let's, let's go, let's go Mar Marty Soros Rex. All, all right. right. Did you see last week uh, his brother on NFL Sunday morning, Jason. like all morning? Who are you picking, man? I did not. He was not bad. He was good on TV. Dave, I have to talk while I type in the things. Otherwise, I can't do anything. So uh, I get between Benjamin Watson and Jason Witten. Yep. Uh, I'll take Watson. Okay. Witten it is for me. And it's your turn. Uh, I would like to choose the WR2. Okay. Uh, that makes it 13, 14, or 15, which is Amari Cooper, Calvin Johnson, Stefan Diggs. Give me Cooper. Calvin Johnson. <laughs> Because he's like a freak of nature. 
please. I am not upset to be stuck with Stefan Diggs. <laughs> I am not upset. Isn't that a weird threesome? It really is. It's a weird threesome. Yeah, we're picking from a little bit higher on the list than we have in the past. I like that. Uh, and, and it's my turn now. We can go all out and go like one, two, three next week. I'll choose the uh, running back two. And uh, running back two, that is uh, TJ Yeldon, Marshawn Lynch, Latavius Murray. So I will choose Marshawn Lynch. Again, I have to ask, based on injury status, who's the next guy if I were to choose Latavius? It'd be Gio. Giovanni Bernard. Not bad. You're taking Lynch, Dave? Yeah. So Yeldon and Murray are still there in that same group. It's a tough one, I know. I'm going to go Yeldon. I typed in it. Damn it, I was I'm going to go Yeldon. (laughs) (laughs) So I take... uh, I'm stuck with Latavius Murray. In, In fact, I... Do you think I'm leaning towards benching him this week in favor of uh, other players I have who have really good matchups, but I may not be starting him this week in a few leagues. You're taking him. Uh, I'll be starting him here. So I believe, be... I believe we have wide receiver three, right. kicker, and defense, and that's all we have left. I'm so. going wide receiver three because the other two are too much of a crapshoot. Fair enough. Uh, so we started with Hearns, Evan Sanders. We went with Cooper, Johnson, Diggs. That means that the wide receiver three is Decker, Bryant, Fitzgerald. Nice guys. What? Wow. Decker Fitz, Bryant. Fitz at a wide receiver three right now? Eric Decker, Larry Fitzgerald. Oh, I was too far down. Des Bryant. Wait, Des Bryant at a wide receiver three right now? Correct. This, I mean, are we serious? He's right about now? to spit up over here. I don't know. <laughs> I, I was going to say Decker until I realized that was Des and not Martavis. Des. Not hard. Okay. Jason? Um, I'm going to be taking Eric Decker. All that guy does is score touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much his He's like Alan Hearns this year. And I'm so sad to take Larry Fitzgerald, who has had so many touchdowns. <laughs> right, he's not like a wide receiver <laughs> one or anything on the year. No, no, well, I mean, at look all. at the guys like up at the top. Brown, Hopkins, Beckham, Allen Robinson, Julian Edelman, Alshon Just a ton of awesome wide receivers in the league. That's, yeah, that position That's is... why Des Bryant is 17. No, it's not. No, it's not. Des Bryant uh, is 17 because he has not performed. And in the games that he has played in, he didn't get a lot of points. But Bryant will come uh, back. As I soon would as, disagree as, with that last week. As soon as Tony Romo is in the football game, Des Bryant will be a number one wide receiver. Des has played in exactly three games. One, he played for the first half. The other one, he was shaking off, what, seven weeks of rust? And then he had one regular game. And in that one regular game, he had like 100 yards and a touchdown. You're an apologist. It's okay. No, he's he's a, <laughs> he's a top five wide receiver. Let's not kid ourselves. Got it. <laughs> All right, well, he picked, so now you pick. Kicker or defense? Um, kicker or defense? I'm going to go with defense. Okay, defense. It's 10-11-12, which is currently the Seahawks, the Buccaneers, or the Patriots? Patriots. Seahawks. So, the Buccaneers? (laughs) (laughs) Dude, Matt Castle's throwing two picks this week. I love it. I love it. (laughs) It's like the last two teams in the Super Bowl, and then the second worst team from last year. And kicker. Uh, you get to decide. Uh, you the, do. the choices you have are... Well, no, you get the you first do. pick, Dave. Oh, I do. You're right. Yeah, okay. Dave, you get to pick uh, kicker. It's 10, 11, 12, so it's, it's Graham Gano, uh, Greg Zerline, or Mike Nugent. 
And of those three, I'll be honest, that's a really tough decision. All three of those are pretty like similar in, in the way I want to look at those teams. <sighs> You're not making any sense anymore. Why? <laughs> it just sounds rambly. No, how, how those kickers actually perform during the games. Uh, each one of those teams, they, they perform in a similar fashion. They, they get either early or they get late or they get middle, but they don't often like perform throughout Spread the game. Spread it out. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, Carolina's going to score all their points early. Mm. So is Cincinnati. Um, looking so at Lewis matchups. is going to go the whole so, game. So, uh, Ganovers, Tennessee, Zerline versus Chicago, or Nugent versus Houston. They're all pretty positive matchups, I would say. I'll go with Mike Nugent versus Houston. That would have been my third choice, but I like that you did that. I love that you said that. <laughs> so, <laughs> the Nuge. important question. Would have been my third choice, too. Important question. Fair enough. Is the Bears-Rams game in St. Louis or Chicago? It's in St. Louis. Zorlane. Young Jeezy. Greg the leg all day. He's going to kick up at least a 150. That means yard. I'll be taking the highest ranked on your list, Dave, at Graham Gano. All right. So, we've decided. I feel we'll, fairly confident. We'll report back next week. And I want to thank everybody tonight uh, for, for joining the show. I mean, fantastic job, everybody. Let's let's be serious. It's 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 really been a fun evening. It's been a great evening. Cheers, guys. But what's the most important part here? Cecil Shorts. Making the fantasy playoffs. Yes, to the playoffs. Hey, if the season ended today, all of my teams are in the fantasy playoffs. If you can't make the playoffs, you need to contact someone who can can help well, you well said i guess <laughs> i don't know but this time if, we turn in if you're three and six you just gotta win out that's it no, no big deal just win the rest of your games and then win all of the games in the playoffs that's all you have to do that's very easy yeah easier done than said what, what, seven